RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Priscilla Ng. The headlines. Chief Executive Kerry Lam says students who are 12 or older can get their COVID-19 shots without needing to make an appointment beforehand. The government has identified a hotel that will provide 400 quarantine rooms for foreign domestic helpers. And a senior mainland official has said the business sector should have more confidence in Hong Kong's future development. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says the government will soon allow students aged 12 and above to get vaccinated against the coronavirus without needing to make an appointment online. Currently, the walk-in vaccination service covers people aged 60 or above. Speaking to reporters, the CE said although 58% of the population had received a dose of the vaccine, the trend was slowing down. She noted that only about 10,000 people or so book their jabs every day now. Mrs. Lam said the private sector should also follow the government's example and require their employees to get vaccinated. There is a common objective between the business world and the Hong Kong SAL government to um, increase the vaccination rate. Uh, so, but if they want a very strong and clear message from the government, I'm now giving that very strong signal and message that they should move into the situation of requiring their employees to be vaccinated uh, if if they could not or refuse to vaccinate, then at least they should be required to produce on a very regular basis uh, negative COVID-19 tests in order to uh, enable them to continue to, to work. The CEO of the Hong Kong General Chamber of Commerce, George Leung, says the city's vaccination rate can be boosted if private companies require their workers to get jabs. I think it's good to raise the vaccination rate because that is not only the way to protect yourself but also a kind of a prerequisite for free travel. If we wanted to resume the cross-border movement, I think right now the high vaccination rate seems to be a prerequisite. That's why we are encouraging all Hong Kong residents here to have the jabs. But other business leaders said it's not necessary for the private sector to make vaccination compulsory for staff. Ellen Shi from the Chinese Manufacturers Association said the vaccination trend here isn't too bad, adding that it's better to encourage people to get jabs rather than forcing them to do so. The chief executive says the government has secured one hotel that can provide about 400 rooms to quarantine foreign domestic helpers before they start working at their employers' homes. Hong Kong has banned flights from the Philippines and Indonesia for months after a surge in COVID cases in the two countries, leading to a shortage of helpers in the territory. The CE says officials are expected to give more details this week on the special arrangement after they reach an agreement with authorities in the two countries on how the SAR verifies helpers' vaccination records. Speaking ahead of the weekly Executive Council meeting, Mrs. Lam said the government will try to identify a second hotel later on. The number of uh, foreign domestic helpers who could come back to Hong Kong through this special arrangement uh, have to be rationed, uh, have to be controlled. We could not allow um, thousands of uh, foreign domestic helpers to come in uh, every week. Otherwise, uh, the chance of uh, having more confirmed cases either discovered at the airport or during the quarantine period will overload the Hong Kong public hospital system. A senior mainland official overseeing Hong Kong affairs has assured the business sector that Beijing would not change its policy of one country, two systems, and policies protecting the legal rights of investors in the SAR would remain in place. Francis Sid reports.
Speaking at a summit, the deputy director of the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, Wang Liu-Chun, acknowledged that the business sector here has slight worries about the city's business environment, as the SAR's development faces complicated external situations. But the officials said Hong Kong will provide a bigger stage for development, and he urged the business sector to have confidence in future developments and integrate into the country's development. Mr. Hong stressed one country, two systems is the best system for maintaining the SAR long-term prosperity and stability, and that in light of new challenges, the central government had introduced the national security law and electoral reforms to the territory to plug legal and system loopholes, and as a result, social order has been restored. A conservationist has urged the government to relax building re- regulations for historic structures to preserve their uniqueness. Katie Law, convener of the Central and Western Concern Group, made the comment after she visited the 82-year-old Central Market, which reopened yesterday after a $500 million makeover. But she found that only a dozen stalls out of around 200 were preserved. She also noted that metal railings were installed at the iconic Grand Stairs to meet safety requirements, but said it had undermined the uniqueness of the structure. Federation of Trade Unions lawmaker Alice Mack says it's a pity that two lawmakers did not attend yesterday's seminar on the nation's five-year plan. Huang Liu-Chuan, deputy director of the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, held the session in Lechko yesterday and said too much time had been spent arguing about politics here. But the civic passions Cheng Tai and the medical constituency lawmaker Pierre Chan did not attend. Ms. Mack said everyone in Hong Kong should be familiar with the country's development blueprint. She also said that the most pressing priorities for Hong Kong was to have the borders reopened as soon as possible. At this moment, uh, we think uh, reopening of the border is very important because uh, we have we we need to uh, uh, maintain the uh, regular and proper uh, uh, communication between uh, our people, so that we can go back to uh, go back to the mainland, and also um, people from the mainland can do can come come to Hong Kong and do business. Overseas now and the Taliban says resistance forces have been encircled in Panjshir, north of Kabul. A spokesman said they were trying to resolve the issue through talks. Afghanistan's ousted Vice President Amrullah Saleh, who's with the resistance, said the Taliban had massed forces near the entrance to the Panjshir Valley and had suffered heavy casualties after resistance forces ambushed them in neighboring Baghlan province. The Taliban claim opposition forces are now under siege in Panjshir. One opposition commander is Ahmad Massoud. I am in my uh, sanctuary. I am in my stronghold, uh, Panjshir Valley. Uh, the people of Panjshir Valley are very much united and uh, they want to uh, defend and they want to fight and they want to resist against any totalitarian regime, against any belief that wants to enforce their own belief and ideology upon the people. Uh, the people in here are just a small portion of the people of Afghanistan. In the geography of Panjshir is the smallest province in the whole of Afghanistan. But what we are standing for right now is for the whole country. Officials in the U.S. say President Biden will decide within 24 hours whether to maintain a military presence in Afghanistan beyond the end of August. He's coming under growing pressure from his allies not to withdraw U.S. troops from Kabul airport and thus allow more Afghan civilians to be evacuated. It will be the main point of discussion at a virtual G7 summit later today. Here's the BBC's Nomia Iqbal. 
Joe Biden is in a real bind here at the moment. He has been very defiant about his decision. Uh, he wants out. He wants the American troops out of there. He knows the longer they stay there, the more at risk they'll be. Uh, for the UK, for example, it's a tricky one because they have, uh, they have forces on the ground. But the UK and other countries know that they can't do it without the Americans. They need the US power there. So I imagine they will be trying to persuade him to extend the deadline so that they can get more flights over to try and help with the evacuation process. The Pentagon has ordered all active and reserve U.S. troops to be immunized against the coronavirus. This follows an announcement by the Food and Drug Administration granting full approval to the Pfizer-BioNTech two-dose vaccine for over-16s. President Biden said major companies would also be expected to require their staff to be vaccinated. For the past several weeks, my administration has imposed new vaccine requirements on federal workers the armed forces, people work in federal medical facilities, and nursing home workers. Governors, mayors, and private sector leaders have done the same. These new requirements and incentives are accelerating vaccinations once again, giving us the hope that we can put this Delta variant behind us in the weeks ahead. Scientists say the deadly floods that struck part of Europe in July, killing over 220 people, were made more likely by climate change. They found that while on immediate cause was heavy rainfall on saturated ground, global warming increased the likelihood of such downpours. One of the researchers, Martin van Alst, a researcher from the Netherlands, said it had been a once in 400 years event. We can expect this to happen again, but we're also not saying it's likely that it will happen again next year. This is in the current climate, the already changed climate, and still in the changing climate of years to come, still a rare event. But a rare event we should increasingly be prepared for. The independent investigators working on the collapse of a Mexico City metro rail line which killed 26 people in May have asked for more time to complete their inquiries. Mexican officials said the Norwegian company, DNV, wanted two more weeks to deliver the second phase of its investigations. The BBC's Candice Piet reports. An overpass on Line 12 of Mexico's metro system collapsed as a train was travelling over it, sending up clouds of debris and sparks. Two carriages were left hanging off the ruins. A preliminary report said a structural fault had caused the accident. Part of the overpass had been repaired in 2014 and cracks had been reported by residents after an earthquake three years later. Mexico City's government said in a statement it remained committed to delivering the truth about what had happened. Finance now and a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,500, 390 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $85 billion. Currencies and the U.S. dollar was trading at 109.72 yen. The euro was standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 17 cents. And the pound was worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 68 cents. In sports, West Ham United have won two in a row to start the English Premier League season for only the second time in their history. They were 4-1 winners at home over 10-man Leicester. More from the BBC's Jonathan Pierce. A warm zephyr floated the West Ham bubbles into the East London sky before kick-off. A hammer's storm blew Leicester away. From the moment Ben Rama crossed beautifully for Pablo Fornell's 26th-minute opener, West Ham are going to win this. Leicester hopes not helped by a 40th-minute red card for Ayuizu Perez for a challenge on Fornell's that looked nasty on the VAR monitor. 
So Uyunchu gifted West Ham their second early in the second half. Antonio setting up Ben Rama, and after Tielemans had scrambled home from close range to make it 2-1 with 20 to go, Antonio wrapped it up with two beautiful goals in the last 10 minutes. He's now West Ham's highest Premier League scorer ever. Schmeichel twice denied him a hat-trick. West Ham could have scored six. Leicester couldn't have had a worse night. Antonio broke Paolo Di Canio's club record when he scored his 48th career goal for West Ham. I feel like the first half it kind of affected me, kind of affected how I was playing, but I've kind of come up second half, decided to play how I played. The gaffer kind of came me a little bit, to be fair. Um, so I managed to play how I, was, how I was playing normally, and then I managed to get my goals. In other football news, clubs in the English Premier League are trying to prevent players from going to red-list countries during September's international break unless quarantine exemptions can be made. The BBC's Paul Serres reports. Premier League clubs are set to prevent players from going to red-list countries for September's international break. Current government regulations mean that many players would be forced to quarantine for 10 days upon their return to the UK. Liverpool are among those refusing to allow players to leave, with Mohamed Salah, Roberto Firmino, Fabinho and Alisson all called up to play in countries currently on the red list. The Premier League and the Football Association are in discussions with the Government Department for Digital, Media, Culture and Sport over a possible relaxation of rules. The Paralympic Games are set to open tonight in Tokyo. 163 nations are taking part. That's the second most of all time behind only the London Games in 2012. But like the Olympic Games, competition in Tokyo will take place amidst increasing cases of coronavirus and without spectators. The International Paralympic Committee president, Andrew Parsons, has been warning participants against complacency. I will only be relieved at the closing ceremony because, you know, I think the situation uh, demands that we stay alert and be not be, to be complacent until the very last moment, until the teams actually leave the village. But yes, I think I'm uh, very excited about the fact that we managed to get this far. Uh, I was not always 100% certain that the games were going ahead, of course, when we had postponed the games last year. We thought that the world would be in a different place. Uh, in a different situation at this time, uh, but with the, as the time goes by, you know, and with the situation getting worse, of course we all have doubts if it, if it was even possible to uh, deliver these games in a safe way. To the weather forecast, and it will be mainly cloudy with one or two showers, but there will be sunny periods during the day. The maximum temperature will be around 32 degrees in the urban areas and a couple of degrees higher in the new territories. Moderate south to southwesterly winds. The outlook, sunny periods and a few showers tomorrow. It will be very hot on Thursday. The temperature now is 29 degrees Celsius with a relative humidity standing at 83%. To end the news again, the top stories. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says Students who are 12 or older can get their COVID-19 shots without needing to make an appointment beforehand. And the government has identified a hotel that will provide 400 quarantine rooms for foreign domestic helpers. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday the 24th of August is today's date. A big thanks to James Ross for the morning brew today again. We've got a great show for you. Today is Tuesday the 24th of August and it's also known as International Strange Music Day. That's right, so we'll be celebrating the first half of the program with some strange tunes of our own. It's a thin line when researching for some strange tunes.